the first step to all this is thinking about how is my ideal audience searching for me right now? What are the words they're using? What are their expectations? How can I exceed their, their expectations? And what are like the topics and themes that they're really focused on? Like, what are the things that wake them up in the middle of the night? Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Oh my gosh, my mind is blown. The episode that you are about to listen to with Cynthia Pacheco is, I just finished recording it. You're about to listen to it. I want you to get a pen and paper out so that you can take a lot of notes because while I was doing the interview, I was writing down a bunch of notes. Here's what you're going to learn. You're going to learn some very easy SEO action steps. If you don't know what SEO is, it's search engine optimization. And if you don't know what that means, you definitely need to hear this episode because we talk a lot about it and what it is. Also, we talk about how you can get found on Google without paying for ads and why it's more important now than ever that you are looking at this area of your business and um, ultimately making it easier for more people to find you, which is what we all want. So check out this episode. Enjoy it. You're going to love it. You're going to love Cynthia. She is such a fun guest, so easy to talk to, and I know you're about to learn a shit ton. So enjoy every minute of it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. This is your host, Nicole Kramer, and I am so excited to have my guest, Cynthia Pacheco, here with us today. We're going to be talking about something that is actually very out of my comfort zone. So I'm excited to learn from her. She's going to be teaching us about SEO. And some of you might be like, what the heck is SEO? You've heard of it before. Maybe you've heard the acronym. You don't know much about it. Cynthia is an expert, and she's going to be sharing with us not just what SEO is, but how you can actually use it to to be found on Google. Your ideal clients are probably searching for you, and you can help them in that search by making it easier for them to find you. So I am really excited to have you here with us today. Cynthia, welcome. Thanks, Nicole. I'm super excited as well to be chatting with you. (laughs) Cynthia and I are laughing because we've literally had, what, like four or five meetings probably in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. (laughs) It's become our thing. We meet regularly on Zoom. Um, She's got a podcast. I've got a podcast. We're doing a little bit of a swap. And um, we've had a a good, we were on a summit together recently as well, which is how we connected. And um, super happy to be getting to know you and now to have you on my show as well. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. And I'm excited to be sharing more about SEO. And I'm, I know your audience is going to walk away with some cool ideas and hopefully excited to take action. Yeah, this will be so great for them because I think there's um, so much of an emphasis on social media being how you run your business, being how you get found, being how you connect with people. And I'm not saying anything is bad about using social media to help you in your business, but it tends to be the focus and the emphasis for so many people. And there's things that they probably don't even realize that they could be doing to make things easier on themselves. And I have a, I have an idea. This is a big one that people are missing out on. 
Yeah, it's kind of like a trend. I think a lot of people and I mean, like you said, there is definitely a place for, you know, something like Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's other types of marketing, too. (laughs) Right. Yeah. People can become so focused on on um, on social media, like I said. Well, I'm excited to to dive into that with you because I know you and I've had some off the record conversations about it as well. And I'm really excited to share this with our audience. Let me read a little bit about you and your bio real quick so everybody knows who you are, how you got here. Cynthia is the owner and founder of Digital Bloom IQ and is passionate about helping therapists and other health and wellness brands grow their businesses and heal more of the world through SEO, search engine optimization. After five years of corporate experience working with companies like Avon, Sears, and Hyundai, she transitioned into the small business world, focusing on her SEO and Google Analytics services. She's on a mission to inspire health and wellness businesses to be more intentional about their SEO marketing and share more of their healing talents. While she's not working, you can find her walking her dog, chilling with her daughter, or watching Gilmore Girls on her couch. (laughs) Amazing. So, um, and you live in Argentina, is that correct, Cynthia? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. And I think we're on the same time zone. Are you central? Uh, No, I am. I believe I'm three hours or two hours ahead of you. Two or three hours. It's almost 1.30 here. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, you are. You're two hours ahead of me. Didn't even realize. Um, So, yeah. So back to what we were saying before, because you and I, like I said, have had many conversations behind the scenes about this and the social media game. Listen, I'll start with this. I have a lot of clients and I'm sure you do, too, because you work with health and wellness people. They love their body of work. They love their thing that they help people with. But the idea of like growing the business and marketing and, you know, lead gen and getting out there is like they're not interested in it in the same way that they are in their body of work. What I also find is that a lot of them develop this love-hate relationship with social media. They're like, "Ah, I have to do it. And like, I'll raise my hands. Me too. What I also like to remind people is, okay, 200 years ago, if you had a good idea for something, you had to get on your horse and go to the next town over and hope somebody was interested in it and wanted to buy it, right? So like, let's reframe how we feel about social media. That's not what you and I are necessarily here to talk about. But I do think that there's an important uh, point there. It does make it easy on you to advertise your business. But to your point that you made earlier, there are other ways outside of social media that can make it even easier on your people who want to find you to find you. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about social media, too, because I have lots of opinions. Like, I relate to that love-hate thing because I'm an SEO expert, but I love Instagram. Like, Mm -hmm. But what I found is that you have to separate, like, Instagram as just something you're doing in your personal time and maybe, you know consuming, you know, yourself or yourself on a personal level versus your business, right? And like you said, it's just a way for people to find you, right? And also thinking about it, it's free. You know, it's one of the like places where you can just post a million times a day and it's absolutely free. Now you have to figure out if that's just how you want to market. Is it where your audience is? Is it, you know, just sustainable for you? So Um, And also, I think we had talked about this, too, is like, what are your short term and long term goals? So if you're looking like something like SEO, if you post a blog today, you probably won't get a client today from that blog. You know, it takes Google a little bit of time to find your website, find your your new blogs and stuff like that. So it's good to have I call them like complimentary marketing, um, because you've got something like Instagram where you can DM people and you could make a sale today. Um, and then you have something like your website that's attracting visits, which we can get into. But then, yeah, people would sign up for your newsletter. There might be someone who finds you on Google who would like hire you right away. 
but it's a little bit of a different rhythm. And so when you have these different types of marketing hitting people in different parts, it just makes a really healthy and sustainable marketing plan and strategy. Right. It's just increasing the entry points into your ecosystem, right? Like how many, how many, without overwhelming yourself and your business as you're growing, like how many different entry points can you have for people to find out about you and enter your business ecosystem? And I, 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 you and I have talked about this before as well. Social media is great and you can go make a sale today. And typically it's not where people are going to buy. They're going to be entertained. So it can take a lot more touch points before somebody is in a buying position on social mm-hmm. media. I agree with you. I think it's wonderful because it's free. I think it gets you out. There. I mean, you and I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation if not for social media, right? right. Like in different parts of the world. And so I think it's wonderful and there's it's hugely beneficial. And I think that it can take a little bit longer because people aren't necessarily buyers when they're mm-hmm. going on social media. And that's where I think what you do is really important because typically what are people going to Google for? Yeah, they're ready. The timing of SEO in Google is amazing, right? Because you're mm-hmm. catching someone, they're in the middle of the night, they're struggling, if it's like a health problem, something in their family, and they they need your help right there. It's like 2am. We've all had that situation where we're like, we need to solve this. Right. And so you're getting them at this perfect time. Um, and especially if you have like a lower price point offer, like an ebook or like a small a mini course, or even like a bigger course, if they find that, they might buy right away. You know, that doesn't happen on other channels. So it's like that timing is just so cool. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's literally like thinking about someone who looking for what you have to offer. Why wouldn't you show up in that Google search? Like, it just doesn't make sense. You're right. It's two in the morning. You know, like my gut is all out of whack. I need to find a solution. It's two. Like for me, what came to my mind when you said that is my dog got sprayed by a skunk a couple of years ago. And I didn't <laughs> Well, I didn't know how to, and here I was at like two in the morning going, how do I, like, what do I do about my dog that got sprayed by a skunk? So yeah, people are going to Google for solutions. That's when they're at the point where they're like really looking for something. And I think that that's such a huge, important piece to remember about how people find you. They're looking for you when they go to Google. Yeah. Yeah. The search functionality isn't the same. I mean, things are adapt, like things are changing. Like I think TikTok is changing the game and there's a lot of studies that show like how Gen Z searches versus how that's why it's important to also think about who is who is your ideal audience? Like what are the different age groups or what are the different demographics? Because you might have people who are like using Instagram and TikTok to find mm-hmm. you, but there might be people who aren't even on Instagram and especially health and wellness. People are using Google like people mm-hmm. trust Google because there are a lot of just medical it's like medical information. So you don't want to be necessarily competing against something like WebMD, but you can touch other topics and catch people like in other areas and just show up as like coach, health coach, whatever yoga instructor um, who helps people with what you do, whatever you do. Right. So if they're looking for something that's complementary to what you do or similar to what you do, it might Google might show your stuff, but not necessarily WebMD. Like you said, you don't want to compete against um, WebMD. Yeah. So that's one of the things like I help my my clients and students with is like, how do you kind of make sure that you're targeting keywords that aren't super competitive? Because it's kind of like my favorite analogy for this is boxers, you know, like I don't box, but I know that there's like the lightweights and there's the heavyweights 
And you would never have a lightweight and a heavyweight competing against each other. It just doesn't make any sense. Now, that doesn't mean that one is better than the other. They're just in different categories. So us as a small to medium-sized business, we never want to be in a heavyweight competition against like an Amazon or a WebMD or anything like that, because we're just, it's never going to make sense. Now, in some cases, you can outrank, like depending, it can happen. I've seen it happen. But we want to be picking keywords that are more in that lightweight. And so usually it's um, searches that do have less volume, so less searches each month. But you have enough of those that are, you know, eventually you are bringing in leads and you're bringing in clients, even though they're searches that are less popular. So right. it's more about like finding those searches and making sure that those searches are connecting with what you have to offer, like your services, your course, whatever. But that's that's part of doing SEO is that market research and identifying, you know, what, who am I competing against? Who would I want to be competing against? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you do have a heavyweight fight, you know, how can you be strategic enough to show that you aren't WebMD and you've got a different perspective on things? Because Google does um, sometimes, you know, decide to show a smaller website because the value is different there, right? Or or you have like a case study. I've seen that sort of stuff outrank maybe a WebMD is like you show people your case study for like gut health or something um, and you're certified to talk about that. So, Hey, I see you working hard to get clients. You're growing a community. You're creating content. You're writing emails. Whatever it is that you're doing, I know you're working hard at it. But are you actually talking to people or are you just talking at them? And I know it can feel scary to wonder if you're saying the right things. Or maybe you've had some sales calls and they've gone really well, but you don't end up with a client at the end. I totally remember that feeling. I'd have the best conversation with somebody. They were super nice, friendly. They needed what I offered. And yet somehow the conversation would not end in me getting a client or them getting a transformation. So I finally thought enough is enough. That's what we both want. They are coming to me in this conversation because they truly want to change. I'm coming to this conversation because I truly want to help them. So how can I make sure that by the end of the conversation, we end up with that result? So what I did is I figured out how to get really good at sales conversations and discovery calls. And that's exactly what I want to teach you inside of my Next Level Sales group coaching program. If you are somebody who wants to get more one-on-one clients, you want to know exactly what to say in order to do that, and you really are all about accountability and support and community in helping yourself achieve these goals, my Next Level Sales program is for you. We don't start until October, but right now I have some early bird specials that you're going to want to get in on. And if you're interested, you can go to the show notes and book a short call with me, and we can chat through what might be the best option for you. If getting more clients and helping more people is important to you and you want the sales system, the community, and the accountability that will help you make that happen, book a call with me today so we can chat your next level sales journey. Can't wait to hear from you. So it's still about no matter what, having what is your special sauce really stand out? Like what makes you different? If it's the case study, if it's the whatever it is, that's still relevant even in SEO searching. Well, more more than ever, I would say, because I'm assuming your listeners aren't like huge multinational companies, right? So you don't have the resources like a WebMD who has like teams and teams of people who are writing and stuff like that. So you're for a small to medium sized business, you need to show your personal whatever, like your story and all that. That's what's going to differentiate you in the search results. And that's what makes you nimble, right? Like, again, if we think about that boxer, the lightweight. So 
Yeah, I recommend like leaning into your story, speaking to how you've healed your own health. And then, yeah, like looking at maybe other types of keywords. We can talk about that, like other maybe keyword theme or topics that maybe you wouldn't usually write about, but that Mm -hmm. your ideal audience does search and that is still aligned with, you know, the value and the, the offer you have. Got it. So one question that I have, do you need a website for, for this to work? Like in order to run SEO, do you have to have a website or could you have like a landing page? How does that work? That's a really good question. So no, you don't need a website. So you could have like a Pinterest account, for example, <laughs> that ranks. Yeah. Now, the reality is having something like a website or a landing page. I consider a landing page a website in a way, but right. it's a one page website. Mm-hmm. The thing is with that, you have a lot more control than your like Pinterest account or your LinkedIn account. Like all those things, like when we search someone's name, like if I were to search Nicole Kramer, I would see your website, but I would also see your other profiles. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about Google is that you automatically are probably ranking one way or another right now. So the benefit of a website, obviously, it just gives you a lot more power. But actually, recently, someone was asking me about like a medium, you know, you've heard medium for writing. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, instead of having a website, they have like a medium account that they write blog posts on and stuff like that. So that's, that's okay. But to, to make the most out of attracting leads on Google, having a site just gives you that full power because you can do a lot more with a website than you could ever do with like your LinkedIn profile or a Pinterest sort of thing. And is that because you've got like more than likely multiple tabs, different content, different things that are basically going to work for you because there's more content there versus just having one Pinterest site that gets brought up in the Google search? So yeah, one of the one of the factors is that you get to control how the content is structured. You get to control, um, yeah, like your blogging, your site sections, and all that. But also how Google Google knows the difference between a Pinterest profile and a website, mm-hmm. um, and they know when someone is searching for something what's most valuable. So for some for some of you, like maybe you know that your content works really well in video, right? So you've got a YouTube channel and that sort of thing. If you have your video on your website, in some cases, Google will actually uh, prefer to show the the YouTube version in the search results because they know people want the actual video, right? And we've seen that more and more where they'll like skip ahead, you know, to the, that part, whatever you're asking. What was I asking yesterday? I was like looking for how to do something in a tool and Google's smart. It like skipped ahead to like minute three of a 10 minute video. And like, this is the section that you want to be listening to. Wow. So I'm saying this not to confuse people, but to say having a website, it just shows Google, Hey, like I have a real presence and I want you to prioritize this. But then there might be some cases where Google says, okay, a YouTube video is more relevant, you know, based off what this person is searching. So yeah, you have to really think about, again, go back to your ideal audience and think about, do they like infographics? Do they like images? Do they need like example images? Um, I have a, a really great client who's a photographer and one of her highest ranking blog posts is just this long post of images. She has hardly any text. And so again, that breaks out this myth of like, you need to write a lot to rank well, Well, if you're a photographer, no, I know that's not the case for, you know, our health and wellness people, but 
thinking about like that's an extreme example but thinking about our ideal audience like what is that thing they're needing from us is it images you know and so Mm -hmm. is it a video is it an audio um is it like a meditation like a breathing meditation so those that sort of thing is going to get you out of your head around thinking of this website as this like traditional thing of like well i have to write a bunch of content and stuff yeah you do but like take it a step further. How can you create a real experience where someone is getting a taste of what it's like to actually work with you so that that person does eventually hire you because they found your blog and they found your content. And now they're like, wow, I love, I love Nicole. Like now I want to hire her. Even if it is, like you said, the photographer client that you had had a lot of pictures, she didn't necessarily, she or he didn't necessarily write, but for our health and wellness people, they might have a lot of food pictures. And so that could still, and, and maybe the recipe that goes with that food picture is what they write, but that would still be attractive to people who are looking for something like that, even if yeah, it doesn't have absolutely. a kind of writing, if it doesn't have a blog with it. Yeah, um, I have a, a almost five-month-year-old baby, and, um, you know, baby poo is a big indicator of like baby health their health yeah coming right (laughs) I knew I knew where you were going so I like I googled like different pictures of baby poo because I just wanted to make sure my baby poo is okay (laughs) and it so like that's what I was looking for and so you know I was using google images to like look through which images were just more helpful And then eventually I found a site because I saw the title, you know, I saw the name of the site and it was a branding brand, like it was well branded for moms. I can't remember what the site was, to be honest. Um, But then I clicked through to the site and I, you know, I was like, hey, this is a cool site. I don't know if I ended up signing up for the newsletter, but that's an opportunity, right? So again, you might be ranking in an image search um, and not the text search. So this all, the first step to all this is thinking about, how is my ideal audience searching for me right now? What are the words they're using? What are their expectations? How can I exceed their their expectations? And what are like the topics and themes that they're really focused on? Like, what are the things that wake them up in the middle of the night? And obviously, how is that connected to how I can help them? But sometimes it's helpful to do that exercise of like, what are the things that are waking them up at night and just do everything like just their whole life, because it can give you like a bigger scope of of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can start to break it down. Okay, these are like the health issues that I could potentially help them with. And these are the searches connected to those health issues. So everybody who's listening who wants to skip that exercise of knowing their ideal client really well, I think just got another dose of like, if you're a business <laughs> owner, you better know your ideal client really well. What are they thinking it to in the morning? What does wake them up in the middle of the night? What stresses them out? Not just around your body of work, but in general, mm-hmm. do you know that person inside and out? in the other areas of their life as well. Because like you said, you can expand the scope if you know some of the other things that might interest them or draw them towards you. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing a lot of people struggle with, I struggle with it, what can be helpful, and I do this every six months, just send out a survey to your, either you can do this to your email list. If you don't have an email list, that's totally fine. Just like reach out to a client you're working with right now and offer them like, a session and say, okay, you get 15 minutes or half an hour of free coaching. And then the other half an hour, I'm going to ask you some questions. What wakes you up in the middle of the night? What do you use Google to search for? Like try and keep it broad because that's going to give you more ideas versus like, why would you hire me? Like you can ask them that sort of stuff as well, because that could be interesting for like objections. But, um, you know, speaking of sales, but um 
yeah, like you can do it both granular. I've done it both the sort of research, both granular and broad. Um, and just sometimes having like that one-to-one call with someone that you worked with before and recording it and getting their words can be really juicy. Um, but that type of research is going to help you a lot with SEO and obviously with other parts of your business. Thank you for emphasizing that and saying that, because that is something I teach inside of my programs. And it is uber important to know, to do that client research, to know, some people call it voice of the customer. Some people, you know, there's different ways that you can, that you can name what you're doing, but you've got to know your customer really well. What are they thinking? What are they saying? How are they acting? What are they looking for? What are their pain points? And it is an exercise that I have my clients go through because you need to know all of those things. You need to know who you're serving. Mm -hmm. And exactly what you said is what I have them do, like offer 15 minutes of free coaching in exchange for asking them some questions. And it works wonders. Yeah. And you learn so much. You know, I I remember, I think I did like 50 when I was first starting out, like, because I didn't have any clients yet. I was brand new. And what does it do? It helps you get into conversation with people. It helps raise awareness for what you're doing. And then you know more about your ideal client and how to serve them better. And you might actually get hired. I think at one time I did in a yeah. Facebook group, I like put out like free 15 minutes of like, yeah, SEO tips or I, I was doing more web analytics at that point. And at the end of the call, the lady's like, how can I hire you? I, I need help with Google yeah. Analytics. So I was like, oh, like that turned out into like a sales call unintentionally. <laughs> that's exactly what that's my when I introduce this to my clients and I teach them to this, it's in module two of my program. I say, listen, I'm going to tell you a success story about this as well. I'm not guaranteeing it will happen. But certainly when you're in those conversations with people, it's not a sales conversation. But most of the time when they hear about what you do and they are a good fit for that and, and they need it, they will say that at the end. Like, yeah. and, and even if it's not, how do I hire you? It's how do I follow you and find out more from yeah. you or from you? You know what I mean? So at the yeah. very least, you might get a really loyal follower that's excited to learn more from you. So, yeah, just like you. I was like, that's how I got my first client is from client research. Um Okay, so this is super helpful because I'm learning a lot. And I know everybody that's listening is learning as well, because for some of us, like I said, our body of work is our body of work. This might not be our thing, but this is helpful because in order to have more people coming into our world, we need to know how to have more of those access points. So Mm -hmm. question, can you do, so you're saying you don't need to have a website, which I totally understand it's more beneficial if you do. Can you do this yourself? Like you're an expert at it, but let's say somebody's brand new and they're like, I'm not quite there yet investing in somebody to support me with this. So yeah, I I feel like anybody can do it. I mean, I have a course that teaches you the foundations for like non, I call them non-techies. That being said, I also want to respect that SEO is a technical task in some way. So I'm not going to like lie and say, no, you don't need to know anything. I mean, a website is built out of code. And so there can be factors, if you don't know code, that impact your SEO. However, again, if you're a small to medium sized business, you are, you know, your sites on WordPress or Squarespace or Wix um, or Shopify, any of those, those tools make it really easy for us to take ownership of our SEO. Mm -hmm. And so this kind of ties into that question of like, when should I start? And it's kind of like starting from the beginning gives you that edge because you're going to start building that momentum and that ranking. Um, And by the time your site's been up for six months, a year, two years, you're going to have just more to work with versus 
just ignoring it for two years and then like starting and being like, oh, okay, I now have to wait some time, right? Because SEO oh, takes So it time. compounds over time. So the sooner, Absolutely. it's like your retirement account. I still remember the first time when I was 22 years old, started my first job. My dad's like, start putting money in now. And I was like, I'm not retiring for like decades. What do you mean? I'm not putting my, I'm not giving up my hard-earned money. And then thank God I did. Thank God I had a dad who knew better and, you know, kind of forced me to do it. And now I'm like, oh, thank God I did. But it yeah. sounds like it's the same thing where it's like the sooner you start, the more it's going to benefit you in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that it just takes and more and more Google's becoming much more pickier about the type of websites it ranks. So if you can just start putting that little drop now, it just gets easier and easier. Um, and then by the time you have maybe more to invest in either for an SEO expert or a web developer, or like whatever you end up investing in, you just have a little bit more momentum to work with and, and you can just make bigger moves. But I, yeah, I believe anybody can do SEO from the beginning. I think it's just about understanding what are the areas you can impact and then tying that into your marketing and your content creation in a sustainable way. Because I think a lot of people get overwhelmed at the beginning with blogging of like, oh my God, I need to write like 2000 word posts every week or, you know, if you're not much of a writer or if you don't like writing for your website, there can be a lot of resistance there. It can feel frustrating. So <laughs> I'm, I'm raising my hand for those that can't see the video. I'm like, yep, that's me. I got to write something. Really? Yeah, we're And going back to the social media thing, it's like we're all kind of trained with short form content. But especially with health and wellness, like there, are, I can guarantee there are people out there who want to read more than 500 characters, you know, like they mm -hmm. want a long form or they want something that's just media or like outlined, just more information, right? Because you just can't get the same from it. I'm not ditching Instagram anytime soon, but yeah. like there's just something about opening that site that like speaks to your needs and they there's like graphics and images and you're like, oh, and you're like ready to dig into it and you like bookmark it and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. It's just helpful, right? And so I'd say one of the first steps, like if someone's listening and they're like, where do I start? Oh, yeah. Create a blogging plan. So blogging is easy for you to start doing. You don't need to have any technical knowledge, but create a blogging plan that you can stick to for 90 days that has some sort of consistency that makes sense for you. So everybody asks me, Cynthia, how, how often should I be blogging? And I kind of ask back, okay, like, how often can you blog? Like, what is your time commitment to your business? And so if that means weekly, like if you can sit down and you know you can get a blog that's valuable to your audience, that's aligned to something maybe you've already written on social media, right? So don't make it hard on yourself. Just write that's, valuable that's content. What I was ask. Can we repurpose? Like if I wrote a great Absolutely. Instagram post, can that be my blog post? So I wouldn't recommend maybe copying and pasting right off the bat, but you mm -hmm. can copy and paste and then like add things to it, you know, make it, you've got like no character limits. So make use of that, make it an experience, you know, or maybe do um, the opposite, write the long blog and then like snips of that can be your social media content. So you're really still working more efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. If that works for you, I mean, there's a million ways to do it, right? Like if you do a podcast, you can transcribe it and then, you know, take bits of that or yeah, you can take a bunch of Instagram posts and then make that a blog post. So there's lots of different, you know, kind of ideas there. But the point is, try and get in, 
decide on a rhythm for the next 90 days that feels easy, that feels comfortable, that there's a part of you that looks forward to, even if it's like 1%, you know, (laughs) tie that into the other rhythms of your marketing. So if you have a weekly newsletter, you know, make that part of that, that make it easy, like don't overcomplicate it. Um, Because once you get that rhythm and you start going, you're going to be able to maybe once in a while write a longer blog post or just do something that's more like SEO intensive. But if you're starting just following the rhythms of your current marketing is is just just a great way to start and it doesn't create any resistance. Okay. So a 90 day blogging plan is the best way to start. Yeah. And then make sure you stick to that. And then if that is the 90 days, more like a trial period to see like what you need to tweak at the end of that, like what's working, what's not working. Yeah. So at the end of the 90 days, you might say, okay, I'm going to continue with weekly or biweekly or monthly or whatever. Um, And then it also gives you an opportunity, nobody cringe, to look at your data. (laughs) Some people are like, I'm getting hives with that word data. Um, Spreadsheets, we have to do spreadsheets. I'm like, oh God, does it have to be on a spreadsheet? I actually see Christmas like spreadsheets. I used to teach them. When I was a math teacher, I taught, you know, spreadsheets. I don't remember what the course was called, but I taught it. Um, But yeah, people do tend to cringe when it's like we're bringing numbers into into the mix. Yeah, so basically, um, I'm not going to get into it too much in depth, but there's a free tool called the Search Console, the Google Search Console, um, and it's free. <laughs> um, and basically, what we can use that tool is to start to see where are we ranking, like what are the keywords, what are the words or phrases that people are finding us on, and it's it's created by Google, so you're kind of going to the you know as they say the source, <laughs> um, and finding out like what's been working, where where am I getting traction? So that 90 days, I mean, you can do this monthly, but I again try and make it as simple and easy as possible, and people can say, okay, I can open up a weird tool once every quarter. I can do that. I right. you know I can sit down with that. If you can do it monthly, that's great too. But just sitting down and like looking at what are the pages that are ranking right now is going to help give you that feedback of like, oh, interesting. I didn't, you know, look at look, that page is getting traction or like, oh, look, I got clicks from that blog that I recently published. And so on one hand, that's going to keep you motivated because you're starting to see movement. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also going to give you feedback and see which of the pages that are doing well. And then over time, not only are you going to be creating new content, you're also going to be going back and improving old content because that's another way of doing SEO, right? So it's not just about pumping new content compared to social media, right? So one of the benefits, if you have a blog post that is on page one of Google, your job now is to maintain that position. You're not necessarily adding more content to that. You're not necessarily changing things up, but you are monitoring it and seeing, is there like a way that I can make this more useful? And that could be actually taking away content in some cases. So that's why I love SEO. It's just so much more sustainable. Once you get that traction going, it's more about maintenance. Don't get me wrong. Once in a while, you still have to publish new stuff because it keeps things fresh. It shows Google, hey, the site is active. But it's much more about maintenance of like looking at, okay, these are the ones I want to stay on that first page and making sure those are also tying back to your sales goals and your your revenue goals, right? So you need to make sure are those blog posts profitable, basically, for me? Are they bringing me email newsletters? Are they bringing me sales if you're selling something directly in that blog post? 
So that's more advanced, but I just want to give people like that long-term vision of like, that's the other cool thing of SEO, which is harder to measure with other marketing channels is you can see that return on investment um, and make some really strategic decisions and just really see the dollar dollar and cents uh, per per keyword and per blog post. Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients, and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it. Watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay, now back to the show. Well, and I think that's, thank you for paving the way too to help people see like, yeah, start now and here's what you can expect, you know, because it's a long game. I mean, at the end of the day, like, and and I'm sure you see this all the time with your health and wellness people, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And and you've just got to make a decision that you're doing this thing, right? I Mm -hmm. see so many clients that are still in the if. They're mm-hmm. doing it. They've, they've joined a program. They're kind of doing it. And they're like, but if it works out, then I'm going to keep doing it. And it's like, well, no, you're, yeah. you've just got to make a decision. And then that long game, like you're saying, down the road, this is going to benefit you. And this content on Google lasts a lot longer than the reel on Instagram, right? Although the reel mm-hmm. can always stay on your feed, this is going to be much more easier for people to find and serve you for the long term than maybe some Absolutely. of that short form content on social media. Yeah, you don't know how many times I've had someone come to me and they're like, I don't know, I'm not doing SEO. And then we look at their data and their search console, and they've actually been ranking on page one for a keyword from like two years ago that they did or three years ago. And they're like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm like, yeah, like, see, like most, because Google, one of the things it looks at is like site age, right? So it looks at like, how long has the site been up? So if your site's been up longer, because there's lots of spammy sites, so they want to filter out people who like open a site and close it and stuff like that. So the more you start from the beginning again mm-hmm. and, and just keep going, the more your, your content's going to be prioritized. And that, again, snowball effect. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's like, oh, my God, I've had my business for five years and I've never done this, the 90-day plan for blogging would be the best way for them to get content up there right away. Forgive my naivete. But let me just ask, because I think some other people might have this question, is SEO, which is search engine optimization, which maybe I, I think I did say yes. that at the very beginning, is that the same as running Google ads? No. So Google ads is paid. So, right. So you pay mm-hmm. per click, per ad, whatever. SEO is organic. And so that just means it's free and free in that it's coming up like under the ads. So when we have the search results, usually at the top, um, we have that ad, like some of us don't even see it or notice, but those ones at the top are just like paid, depending on the search, there might be several, if it's like a, a high volume search. And so everything that's like under that, that would be what we're talking about doing, like the blogging right. and the website and all that sort of thing. So, so SEO, can- anybody can do for free. It's really mm-hmm. just 
literally optimizing what mm-hmm. their content is to be more searchable for people mm-hmm. who are looking for it, who are a good fit for it. Yeah. And then Google ads would be optimizing and paying to be the first seen by those people that are searching. That's why those ads always pop up on top of everything else. Yeah. So with the ads, I mean, you don't even need to have really, I mean, yeah, it's helpful to have a good website because if you have a really crappy website, then Google's also going to, it's going to make your life harder in terms of creating an ad. But yeah, the, the ads, they're, they're good. Like I'm not saying it's bad, but I recommend starting with the organic because you're going to go through that whole process of understanding your audience, understanding their searching. And so once I, you have that information, you can then create an ad. And also Google ads, it is more expensive, right? So mm-hmm. if we compare it to like Facebook or Instagram ads, it's it's more expensive. So if you're going to go into that, you need to make sure you're really confident about the keywords you're searching. Right. You're confident about your competition. Like you don't want to be bidding against, again, some bigger site that has way more resources than you, but it can, it can definitely be another part of that strategy. Got it. So if somebody wanted to see, like you said, that, that woman who you were talking to was like, I don't know how to do SEO. And she happened to be trending at number one with one of her posts. (laughs) If somebody wanted to see where they're currently at, like, could they go, I think you said it was Google search console. Console. Yeah. And how do you spell, what is that word? How do you spell it? Console. um, C-O- N-S-O-L-E. So Google Search Console. So somebody could basically go there right now and put their website in and find out how things are, see their analytics, basically. Yeah, that shows you, the Google Search Console tells you how many clicks you're getting. Um, It tells you, you know, where those clicks landing. So which blog posts, which pages, because there's probably people searching your name or your company name. And so those are also interesting things for you to know. And then you also see like your position in the search results. So are you on page one? Are you on page two or page three or page 100? You get to see that. And so that allows you to track your progress, right? Like anything in in marketing, we need to be tracking the numbers. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. And it sounds like, and it totally makes sense what you said, that doing that organic work effort, you know, content tweaking right now before you're going to invest in ads is going to be really wise because investing in ads is going to be really expensive if you don't know your ideal client, if you don't know what's already going on with your site. You're throwing money at a problem that you might not actually be looking at the right way. Yeah, I don't want to like limit anybody. So if you're really called to do ads and you have the resources, you have the money, go for it, right? But the thing is you need to have a more solid strategy because otherwise it's kind of like throwing money to the wind, right? So. The cool I always thing say it's either that, time or money. You, you're right. going to together, right? Like if you have a lot of money, go for it, throw it out there. But like you're yeah. still going to have a better experience if you take the time to really do the work foundationally that's going to set you yeah. up for those ads to run better. Yeah, like even if you decide to do ads, you still need to research and make sure you're... So you could do that anyway and do the organic part, right? Because it kind of goes hand in hand. But yeah, if you have like a budget and you decide you're going to go all in, you could do SEO and the the... SEM is the paid type of SEO, let's say. What is the M stand for? Search engine monetization? Monetize, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so there's nothing wrong with doing everything. I don't want anybody to feel like, oh, Cynthia is like, I, again, like to me, nowadays, you can't just be in one place. You need to be doing many, many things at once. And you have to find that sweet spot of like your marketing ecosystem so that 
it's bringing you sales and bringing you clients. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I could keep going. I'm learning so much. I'm taking notes. I hope everybody who's listening is taking notes as well, because I feel like I've learned so much. Yeah. I've heard the acronym. I know what it is. I knew what SEO meant. I just didn't quite know what it is. This has been really informative. And for you know a lot of people listening, some of them are brand new. Some of them have been doing this for a while. If they wanted to get started and, and do it on their own, you gave us that. You said create a 90-day you know, blog plan. Mm-hmm. What if they wanted some DIY support? Is that the course that you mentioned earlier? Is it like a DIY where they could go through your course and learn how to do it? Yes. So I have a course that's called Homegrown Traffic, and okay. it focuses on this type of person who isn't very tech savvy. I do have actually web developers and virtual assistants who are more technically because they want to learn that for their clients. Mm -hmm. So there are parts of the course that get into some more technical things, but the first four modules teach you a three-step methodology for getting ranked. um, And it's focused on keywords and blogging. Um, And so that's really the starting point. Once you have that going, you can start looking at other parts of doing SEO. And really my goal for the course is just to like build in that, that rhythm, build in that um, habit of understanding how's your website working for you? How's it working for your business? Um, Instead of like having this beautiful website that's just sitting there and you're kind of ignoring it or you're like, okay, it's there. Why not actually have it understand like, okay, this is actually bringing me leads. And so that's kind of the, the goal of the course, of course, I'm teaching you the essentials of SEO, but I want you to feel good about your website. Got it. And should they have a website, like before they start that course, they should have a little bit of foundational pieces in place, like having their website? I mean, that's up to you. I have people and I've had clients who like learn SEO before they launch their website or they work with the web developer who's launching the course and make sure or they have like, I don't know, 10 blogs that go out that are SEO friendly that go out with their website launch. So you get to decide. I really feel like obviously this knowledge is helpful at any stage of the journey. But um, if you have that time and space to like prep pre-launch and like work with your web developer that's also great. Awesome. Well, thank you. Where can they find information about this course and more information about you? Where can they follow you? Because I know this has been so helpful, but there is so much more to learn. So yeah. where can they find you? Uh, you can go to my site, Digital Bloom IQ. So there I have digitalbloomiq.com. You can tell I'm used to saying my Instagram, right? So there I have, yeah, you can, in the top navigation, I have the SEO course link. um, And then I also have a lot of blogs. I have a podcast of my own. Um, I have like over 200 episodes at this point. So tons of free information um, for you to get started. And um, I also have done with you and done for you services for SEO. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, we will make sure that we put all of that information in the show notes so everybody can find their way to you. I want to say a huge thank you for being here with us today, sharing all of this. It just so every time I talk to an expert like you, who I don't have any expertise in that area, it reminds me how valuable what we know is for the people who don't know it. Right. Like you're probably sitting there right now, Cynthia, like this was like a walk in the park (laughs) for you. And I'm like taking notes and I know everybody who's listening is as well. And I think the message that I want to share with everybody who's listening is you are the Cynthia to somebody who needs your thing. Yeah. Right. There's something that's so easy for you. Don't undervalue it because although it's easy for you, it isn't for somebody else. And like I said, what you just shared with us was just so eye opening for me as a business Mm -hmm. owner to go, wow, there's another entry point I'm missing out on that people could be finding out. 
Um, and it seems very simple to do, right? And and not yeah. a ton. I'm not saying not work involved, but um, just something to kind of open your eyes up to and, and pay attention to as a business owner. So thank yeah. you. No, thank you. This is so fun. <laughs> No, I know. Well, we'll have to have to, uh, another meeting here soon, Cynthia. I'll have to have you back on because I'm sure there's much more that we can talk about. And I always enjoy talking to you. So thank you again for being here. I really appreciate you sharing your time, your expertise. And um, I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for being here. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you, and I can't wait.